0: Hello, hello. This is Postgres FM, episode number 56. I'm Nikolai. This is my co-host, Michael. Hi, Michael.
1: Hello, Nikolai.
0: So we are going to talk today about HA. Very funny topic. If you write it three times, you will have ha-ha-ha, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep uh, I never thought of it like that.
0: Yeah, HA. Very funny topic, actually. Many people fight for some achievements in this area, but it's uh, high availability. Opposite to low availability which is like downtime and incidents and so on
1: yeah or number of nines that's how it was uh, popular des- to describe how many nines you were a few years
0: ago wasn't it right uh, what, how many nines do you think is good
1: uh well i mean i remember when loads of the major providers were claiming five nines and then when you did the math and realized like quite how little downtime that is
0: it's like five minutes per year
1: yeah nearly impossible to guarantee that
0: it's called downtime budget.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, what do right. you think? I mean, I think four is still pretty good, but you can. what, what would you say? Uh,
0: yes, excellent. I think if during whole year you allowed only five minutes of downtime, I think it's quite good. Of course, six means like half a minute of downtime per year. It's, uh, I think, absolutely excellent. But I would take three as well. It's, it's like nine. It's more than four hours. Well, for many, it's okay not for all actually uh, i skipped one for the four nines it's 52 minutes per year and it's okay well it's already quite good goal for nines mm-hmm. yeah right but of course five nines is i think maybe it's like a mark and uh, six nines is a plus mark if you can achieve it. And I I mentioned budget because some people have management for HA for downtime, so-called budget. And for example, if you plan some works which have planned downtime or you have high risks of some downtime, if you, for example, upgrade something, OS or major Postgres upgrade or something, and you expect some things can go wrong. So in this case, if you already had downtime minutes or seconds, which contributed to low down your HA characteristics in this month, you probably want to postpone your work till next month, right? This is regular approach to manage uh, this like HA budget, downtime budget.
1: And presumably because some services do credits, don't they, for their customers if they don't achieve certain goals. So that might avoid them paying out lots in terms of penalties. I had a question for you as well, though. Like, we we normally talk about extremely high-throughput environments, but if you've got quite a low... Like, let's say you might even provide an internal application for a team or something. Have you ever heard that phrase uh, or the the kind of philosophical question, if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a sound? Um, if a service is unavailable but it receives no requests in that time, is it down?
0: Uh uh-huh. Well, I... I usually consider a service down observed by external service. It should be observed externally. So if from outside, from various points, for example, from various regions mm-hmm. or in the world, service cannot be reached, and some simple checks like front page is is not responding at all or returning 5xx errors, meaning some problems on server side, or some like simple API calls like, I don't know, like health checks are not responding from outside so this is downtime internally probably we can have everything working and just some network incident happening which usually affects like some small issue with network configuration can lead to huge downtime huge outage for many customers, for example, sometimes we see AWS or GCP has issues with some reconfiguration of network devices or routing and so on. And this leads to huge uh, incidents.
1: It's always DNS, right?
0: Not always, actually, but very often, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, oh, that was the, the joke. Thing. Sorry. I, um... Uh, uh, just for listeners i've awful internet today so this is the first day that we can't see each other so nikola couldn't see that i was grinning and which is my normal giveaway that i'm telling a joke
0: episode number 56 and i didn't learn how to recognize uh, your smiling uh, just from audio yeah okay so uh ha is about uptime uptime is opposite to downtime Mm-hmm. And what should we discuss in this area? Like, where do you want to start?
1: Well, I think there might be a lot of people out there like me that conflate HA and high availability with just switchover and failover tools and processes and runbooks. And you make a really good point that it's not about those. Those are a couple of techniques we have to achieve h- higher availability but it's really about avoiding downtime and when you made that point to me beforehand while we we were preparing it made sense to then go and list what are all the ways we can cause ourselves downtime or the ways what are the main causes for let's say postgres specific downtime and then maybe once we've gone through those or maybe as we go through those discuss some of the things that we can then do about it does does that sound sensible
0: yeah it does and you're also right. It depends on your point of view. If, for example, you are responsible only for infrastructure. And remember, we can distinguish infrastructure DBA and application DBA. And if you are purely infrastructure DBA, at some point, you probably should consider everything engineers, developers do with application changes. For example, schema changes and so on. Probably you should consider it as a black box. And care only about failures related to infrastructure, for example, as you mentioned, auto failover meaning that some node is down due to a number of reasons, or p. g. bouncer or any puller also having being a single point of failure uh, SP, SPOF, SPOF, right or some yeah. networking issues, something like this. So purely infrastructure, and you, you consider everything uh, application does as a black box. But if you are application DBA, or if you care of both parts of like, actually the boundary here is quite mm, not so strict, right? So I prefer consider everything. And if you're a database expert, or you part of your work, at least part is about, Databases related to databases. In this case, I prefer taking both infrastructure things like auto failover and purely application things. For example, we created primary key integer four. We are going soon. We have two billion rows. Soon we have huge outage. Or we forgot to implement a low log timeout and retries logic and uh, releasing something some small schema change when auto vacuum introduction idea around prevention mode is working we are going to have a queue of queries which are waiting for us while we, while we are waiting for this auto vacuum so we have at least partial outage as well sometimes global i mean sometimes everything is going down because of this simple mistake which is easy to do because it's uh, default behavior if you don't do anything uh, at some point you will have it so i prefer to care about both worlds and uh, consider include application stuff uh, to the set of measures uh, to prevent uh, downtime so uh, for example for me uh, primary key uh, integer four when we know we will have a lot of rows inserted it's also definitely related to HA.
1: Yeah, good point. I mean, you've mentioned the DBA roles, but really it's development as well, isn't it? It's everybody who has responsibility for any of the design is involved in this as well. And and even things that we can't avoid, right? We've had episodes already about major version upgrades and discussed quite how difficult it is to do those, potentially even impossible to do those without any down, like with absolutely zero downtime.
0: It's possible. Um, so, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. We but we discussed that it. it's possible. I, I provided a recipe. By the way, we mentioned this new tool to orchestrate up major upgrades. The tool called uh, PG Easy Upgrade, PG Easy Replicate. Sorry, PG Easy Replicate, which uh, supports uh, major upgrades, uh, written in Ruby, as I remember. And uh, we mentioned that I, I haven't tried it, but I criticized it a little bit, but it, this tool got attention at Hacker News. And yesterday the author contacted me directly on Twitter. So we discussed improvements. Like, and, and obviously it's possible to achieve practically zero downtime. I mean, like one, two seconds of latency spike. If you have, at least if you have not huge data volumes and not big TPS numbers. For example, if you yeah. have less than 10 terabytes and if you have less than 10,000 TPS on the primary, it's definitely possible to achieve like basically zero downtime upgrade when you will have just a spike of latency. But this needs component, besides Postgres, you need pgBouncer or any pooler. We had an episode about poolers, which yeah. supports PostVisume with ability to switch primary to different machines.
1: Yeah, or or presumably some of the load balancing tools and operators support that kind of thing as well.
0: Mm, Pause-resume is not very popular, I think. But Mm. I might be mistaken. It's an interesting topic. I think it's uh, underdeveloped under, like... It received not a lot of attention so far, this topic. Because, you know, like... We have bigger problems. we have bigger points when we can have downtime, for example, even minor upgrade can lead to downtime for up to one minute and And there are many risks where you can put everything down to many minutes. yeah, I know we don't gonna have time to discuss each one in depth, but should we run through a few more? You know let's discuss first auto failover because of course it's a very important component for to achieve h mm-hmm. a. And I remember discussions 10 years ago or so, discussions that it should live outside Postgres. This should not be inside Postgres itself. So here we are. We have Patroni and alternatives. And inside Postgres, we almost don't have anything. Actually, we have something. And in recent Postgres versions, we have improvements in lib.pq. This is a library which is used in many, 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 Drivers which are used by application code to connect to Postgres. And already for many years, you could use multiple hosts in connection. So you can say this host or that host or that host. And automatically LibPQ, so like I mean at a driver level, it would try first if it's down, immediately try second one. And this is already convenient to achieve lower downtime, right?
1: Or higher availability.
0: Or have like our bigger uptime, or how to say it Yeah. Better uptime. And uh, in, in Postgres 15 or 16, I don't remember particularly, additional improvements happened there. I don't remember details, but I remember uh, previously it was quite, you know, like the order is hard-coded. Ah, load balancing went there. So load balancing is supported yeah. at protocol level right now in very new Postgres versions, so maybe in 16, actually, which is not released yet, and it's beta 2, as we speak. But this is good addition, and so me- meaning that some things go to Postgres core, basically, because libpq is part of Postgres. But also there is target attributes, I don't remember exactly, but you can say, now I need read-write connection, and now I need only read-only connection. And uh, establishing connection, uh, libpq knows... What you need, and it can automatically switch to the primary if it knows you will need rights And this is also some interesting thing. You can build uh, interesting stuff on top of it. But of course, it's not auto failover. An auto failover is needed. I remember when we had like a couple of servers or three servers, and it was many people, many DBAs considered auto failover as a very bad thing because who knows what it will do, right? It was quite popular opinion that you should do it yourself it's better to be paged wake up at 1am and perform failover properly and it's okay to be down for a few minutes but uh, not allow some who who knows who developed it and like who knows what it will do maybe it will lead to split brain or something so it, it was a matter of trust but then tooling started to improve As usual, I should warn, don't use Replication Manager, uh, RepMGR and other tools which are not based on consensus algorithms like uh, Raft or or Paxos, right? So use Patroni or similar tool which is based on consensus algorithm. And a lot of work was invested to make it work properly. So with Replication Manager, I personally had um, several cases of split brain. With Patroni, I never had it. I had uh, different issues uh, and, uh, and usually Kukushkin, the maintainer of Patroni fixes them quite quick. So it's quite well-maintained. And I think right now it's standard de facto, many systems, many post separators operators included uh, as a component. And now nobody thinks already that uh, you should use manual failover, right? It's already nonsense.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine somebody still believing that. But for anybody that isn't familiar with split brain, the time I've come across that most is, well, in fact, actually definition-wise, is that just when you can end up with one database, uh, one node believing one thing and one node believing another in terms
0: of data? So we have two primaries. Two uh, old name for primaries master. We have two masters. So we have two primary nodes, and some rights go to one node yeah. other rights go to another node and nobody knows how to merge them back and solve it yeah. it's very hard usually in general case in some cases it's possible but in general case for example if we have had reduction of split brain when some rights on one node happened to particular tables and on another node to different tables in this case probably it's quite easy to merge but uh, in general case, it's an unsolvable problem. So you should avoid it. This is the big, biggest problem of failure, basically. So this yeah. risk of split-brain is the biggest problem. And those tools which do not use consensus algorithm basically are bad in this area. Even if they have like witness node and, and a lot of uh, heuristics coded, it's not good. And uh, I remember I spent some time analyzing Replication Manager, C-Code, and I found places exactly where split brain can occur. And it's like an unsolved issue, so just don't use it. I'm quite, maybe, like sound not polite, but uh, it's based on many years of experience and observations of troubles I I saw and my customers saw and experienced. So Patron is uh, battle proven and standard de facto right now, but, but there are a few other alternatives which you also use. Uh, based on Raft or, or or Paxos. Well, I think a lot of people these days
1: are using cloud provider defaults. You know, you can you can just click a button that says high availability, and it gives you right. your replicas right. and auto failover as like a as a feature, not having to worry about exactly how that's implemented. And the people, and even people, some people are using. I believe it's a big feature of the Kubernetes operator or still not sure how to pronounce that, but the operators that are coming up left, right, and center. So I think there are new options where you don't have to worry about the exact underlying technology or maybe I should be more worried about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so split-brain is one risk if you use auto failover and we agreed we should use auto failover to achieve better HA characteristics. Another risk is data loss. By default, if we use asynchronous standby nodes, if auto follower happens we might lose some data which were written on the primary, but none of standbys received it. In this case auto-failover happens and a different node becomes primary and it lacks a tail of writes. So some portion is not propagated there yet because, for example, of replication lag. Which all standby's ha- had. Because they are, are allowed to have lag because they're asynchronous. Yep. By default, physical standby's are asynchronous. And Patroni, for example, has a special knob in configuration which says lags more than by default, I think 10 MBytes are not allowed for auto follower to happen. So if uh, all standby nodes have, asynchronous standby nodes, have lag above this threshold out of a lever won't happen. So we choose, we need to prioritize. We have a trade-off here. What to choose? Uh, data loss or availability. Data loss versus uh, versus downtime and mm-hmm. uh, HA goes down. I mean, HA characteristics so uptime uh, worsens. And uh, usually people can just, we have two solutions. We can tune this threshold and say, okay, even one megabyte is too much for us but we understand that uh, it increases risks to be down because autoflower yeah. doesn't happen cluster exists but in readonly only mode because primary has gone due to number of reasons some hardware failure for example and then we just need to uh, manual intervention is needed but by the way the story about followers and how they work properly so we postgresai it's not a big database our i mean our website yeah uh, and it's running on Kubernetes Zalando, Zalando operator, Patroni mm-hmm. inside. And at some point, I noticed that timeline exceeds 100. What do you mean? 100. Uh, when we have a failover or switchover, when we change primary node, timeline incre- increments by 1. So we, oh, wow. we created a cluster in NDB, timeline is 1. We have switchover, we change primary or failover. So switchover is planned failover basically, right? Yeah. Failover is like unplanned change of primary. Switchover is planned. Well, for example, we want to upgrade or something, change something. We perform switchover and then we, for example, remove old node, old primary. And I've noticed that our timeline exceeded 100, meaning that we had so many auto failovers and nobody noticed. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's both. Because it was due to, in Kubernetes, we, it's usually a regular problem to have out of memory killer killing Postgres. It's a yeah. big problem, and people have like, solutions to it. So we needed to, 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 to like, adjust some settings, add more memory, so, so we did. But main problem here was our monitoring didn't tell us about these cases. And we left for f- with it some months. Maybe actually a year or maybe more. Uh, so it, we, had, we had the changing node, uh, changing primary node all the time and it just happened and happened and happened and uh, nobody complained, which is a good thing. But lack of proper monitoring alerting is a bad thing, of course, we should notice earlier. But this case demonstrates how autofillover can be helpful not to notice some issues, right? Me- meaning it can hide uh, those issues. So it worked well. Patroni worked well. What not worked well? Uh, monitoring in this case, and yeah. it's of course our fault. We should configure it properly and receive all alerts and so on. Every time fallover happens, we should receive alert, of course, and investigate and try to prevent it. Because of course it's a stress. Again, I, I mentioned risks of split brain, which I can say Patroni almost certainly shouldn't have, shouldn't have, and risk of data loss. So this is not good. But in these cases, data loss didn't happen because, okay, shut down. But when we have two streams of data propagation, first streaming replication, when uh, I, I'm, not, I'm actually, I'm not sure if uh, ohm killer issues, it's, is it sick kill? So meaning that wall sender won't send all bytes to standbys. Right. But at least we have also archiving and archiving goes to object storage. It was wall G and then we we restore. So data loss at least was not noticed there, but it's a bad story. Actually, I I feel right now embarrassed about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Yeah. Don't don't do this. Yeah. Or learn from my mistakes. It feels like this is a good time to like go on to some of the other things. we could. You mentioned alerting already. A few other things that we've mentioned in previous episodes that you can alert on are at certain points of running out of transaction IDs. So making sure you've got some alerting Hold, hold
0: for on, that. S- sorry, hold on. Let me finish with second solution. Second solution is using synchronous replicas. And this is what uh, serious setups should have you have a synchronous replica and better you have quorum commit. So you have a semi synchronous approach when you say I have, okay, I have five replicas, five standby nodes. And when commit happens on the primary, it should be at least received or applied by at least one of nodes. And Postgres modern Postgres allows very fine tuned configuration here. So you need, you can choose and decide between like, of course, if you do it, you increase latency of commit for writing transactions. We talked about that in detail,
1: I think, in our replication episode.
0: Right. So this is what you should have. Like, you should use it. In this case, ideally, if follower happens, you will have zero data loss because data always exists somewhere already. It's at least at one, at one node, it's guaranteed. Point. And in this case, this is a, for serious approach. This is what you should do. And that's it. Also, I wanted just to finish about switchover. Switchover, by default, will lead to downtime because of shutdown checkpoint. We discussed that a few times as well. But if you just decide to perform switchover, Patroni needs to shut down primary. I don't remember if Patroni issues explicit checkpoint. It should probably, but worth checking. The recipe for good, fast switchover is make sure you issue explicit checkpoint. This helps the shutdown process to perform shutdown checkpoint much faster because for clean shutdown, Postgres needs to write all dirty buffers from the buffer pool to disk. And if we issued explicit checkpoint, a shutdown checkpoint will have only little to write. This is the recipe.
1: Yep.
0: And in this case, when you, you perform shutdown, during shutdown, wall senders make sure that everything is sent to, to standbys. So clean shutdown, means standby nodes received all data from the primary, so no legs. And uh, also archive command, everything is backed up. And this is a big problem I, I noticed in Patroni. Actually, we had an incident when we also, due to poor moni- monitoring, is super ex- important for us. of course. But due to poor monitoring, we didn't notice that archive command was lagging a lot, meaning that a lot of walls were not backed up so primary accumulated many like say thousand walls being not backed up but when you try to perform clean shutdown and Patroni tried to do it right it tries to wait on it Postgres, this is a postgres behavior postgres waits while archive command is working and it's working very long because and maybe there is some reason that cannot work properly so it still waits and waits And Patroni waits and so on. So now I know it was fixed in Patroni and now it it waits not long and performs failover. Also trade off here, right? Because we want to back up everything. But Patroni choice is to perform failover in this case and let backup process to work like additionally. This is a super interesting topic. Again, like worth checking details, but um, many people fail to understand, and I also was failing to understand, that when we shut down Postgres, it it waits while archive command is working. And this can lead to downtime, actually, unarchived uh, walls.
1: I feel like we could do a whole episode solely on Patroni. That might be a good one in the
0: future. Yeah, actually, good idea. I can refresh memory on some interesting cases and uh, and so on and and yeah we can do it i think it's a good idea Patroni is an interesting tool developed at good pace and receiving a lot of good features but i must say it's mostly on shoulders on on a single maintainer alexander kukushkin and definitely it's it's python so I, i think more contributors could help this project because more people work with python than c right And for some people, it's easier to read and write Python code. So I advertise to help Alexander with better bugs, description, testing, and sometimes contribution in form of pull requests to GitHub repository of Patroni. It's it's worth doing it. Nice. Okay, I think we covered both failover and uh, switchover and how it can contribute to downtime and affect uptime or HA characteristics. Let's switch to something else.
1: Well, I don't think we've actually covered a but I've written a list in preparation of all the things that I've, I've seen cause downtime in the past. I guess we're running a bit short of time and we could run through a few of those. But in terms of solutions, like it's not just those, right? It's not just failover. And you made this point early on. We've also got those alerts that we can set up. We've got logging we can do to help, not only just to help avoid this in the first place, but also to help us learn when it does happen, exactly what happens, so we mm-hmm. can prevent it from happening again. Some of it's just learning, right? Like it's, it's good to be notified or alerted when you're running out of integers in a in an int4 column. But it's even better to not have int4 columns in the first place. Like I, I read a really good post by right. Ryan from Rustproof Labs. Yeah, just saying why not default to int8? It's you know it's only a few extra bytes. And you avoid so much pain in the future if you ever scale. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So some of it's learning, I think. Some of it's helping educate your team. And some of it I've seen you and others do or suggest people do annual health checks, annual capacity planning, things like that, where you do look ahead a bit and try and... So a lot of these issues are scaling issues, right? It's not too surprising that you can cause yourself downtime through scaling. We've all read the stories on normally on Hacker News or a lot of good blog posts over the years of people causing themselves downtime via lots of traffic or just general
0: scaling issues. Or just mistakes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Which are not mistakes if people don't know about it. That's why it's good to learn and read about other people's failures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let me emphasize one thing here. I'm naturally uh, working in the area of prevention of issues and I tend to underpay attention to monitoring and reactive components that they are very mm-hmm. important so every time something occurs it should lead to alert I think it's even more important than prevention is a first step of building good HA system first you need to cover yourself with good alerts and uh, for example they can be different. For example, sometimes it's alert about failover, about out of disk space in incident, about some uh, locking deadlocks and so on, many things. But then you cover yourself with alerts. And, and I must say, monitoring systems currently, Postgres monitoring systems, none of them have good alerts for Postgres. None of them. Like Many have parts of it. We can also like play with this game, give me some monitoring system, and I name you 10 alerts it's, it's lacking this is the problem we have we have no mature monitoring systems designed yet or, or provided on the market it's a big uh, big uh, underdeveloped area many many systems they are all good in their sense but no systems which i would give even b plus uh, i'm not speaking about a mark great right so no, no systems would get even B plus from, from me. But uh, so we need to cover with like incident happened, some problem happened with all these things. Then we should try to think about prevention already and cover with some alerts about thresholds, like 80% of something. For example, you mentioned integer for overflow. We know when it happened, it's 2.1 billion. If some sequence has 2.1 billion value, okay, we should define some alert. In this case, I would define it maybe at 40, 50% even, because it takes a lot of time to, to develop proper solution and, and so on. Or also uh, transaction ID wraparound prevention. By the way, these two cases, uh, after fall won't help because everything uh, you have on primary, yeah. standby also have, right? So you need to work at application level with schema, with uh, adjusting something. Or in, in the case of transaction ID wraparound. At like DBA level, you need to fix vacuuming. You need to make sure auto vacuum or your explicit vacuum did job properly. Also, monitoring long transactions, a lot of things, and a lot of alerts can happen. Then we have like 80 percent, 50 percent thresholds for alerting for dangerous behavior. And also, we need uh, some forecasting component because it's not enough usually to say, OK, we reached 50% of integer for capacity. Usually people immediately ask next question, when, when will doomsday happen, right? So they, they need some forecast and you can apply some machine learning techniques here or use some libraries. Uh, yeah.
1: Or just basic so, statistics and or some rough estimates. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It doesn't have to be too fancy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, and, and in this case, uh, this is already about prevention and, uh, yeah, health checks can help and this, uh, like, proactive, not reactive, but proactive behavior management of your postgres can help find problems. Yeah. Do you want to mention some other issues uh, we wanted to mention already?
1: Should we do a quick fire and you tell me how common they've been in your experience? Let's do it. Hardware failure?
0: Well, hardware failure... Actually it improves over time. I remember like fifteen years ago it was a nightmare. Right now like even in cloud environment when hardware failure should be considered as quite common thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel it's it, it it improved. I mean cloud providers and many providers improved the uh, characteristics of hardware and it's becoming less common actually. So like of course, if you manage like many thousands of servers, you will have multiple incidents per week, definitely. Maybe almost every day you will have incidents. It's normal. But if you manage only like a dozen of servers, it's quite stable already. If you have an incident per week with hardware managing just dozen, a few dozens of virtual machines or like physical machines, it's time to think about moving somewhere.
1: Change provider, yeah. How about operating system failures?
0: Operating system failures also improve. Like we, mm-hmm. Unless you went with some fancy kernel settings, it's not happening often. Usually here we have failures of different kind, not like we, everything was fine and then suddenly something. U- usually, well, we need tuning, of course, some some kind of tuning, and we need to take care of behavior of page cache in Linux and so on, especially mm-hmm. if you have a lot of rights. But usually when we upgrade the version system, this is where we might have problems, uh, you know, related to, first of all, related to JLIPC yeah. uh, version and collation changes. And not normally corruption. downtime, but corruption, right? It's not downtime, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. However, Postgres 15 started to complain about JLIPC um, uh, version change. Yeah. And I don't remember, is it warning or an error? So I think it's I don't a remember actually. W- warning. I'm not sure. It's good if it's just a warning,
1: right? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not sure at all. I've got a couple more, three more, I think. Pooler or load balancer issues?
0: Pooler, we discussed recently. Mm-hmm. If you grow, 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 if you have a sing- First of all, pooler can, uh, can for example, PGA balancer can be a single point of failure. And if this virtual machine down it's not good, you need to have multiple ones and balance between them. And second, the big problem it, it happens all the time with many people uh, still. PG bouncer is a single threaded process, yeah. so it utilizes only one core. You can have dozens of cores on, on this machine, but it will take only one core, so you need to run multiple PG bouncers, otherwise you will have situation, and it will cause a downtime definitely, somewhere between like 10 or 20,000 TPS roughly depending mm-hmm. on on particular um, uh, cpu you are using i'm this this experience is based on intel pro mostly if your example on arm processor in this case it can happen earlier so it's already like i mean 10,000 tps it's already not a huge load today so single pg bouncer it's a big bomb that can trigger at some point and this is yeah. not good
1: second to last one running out of disk space?
0: Very common, of course. If you don't have monitoring and your project is growing, it's very common. It's good thing that one of the reasons was improved. I mean, previously for lo- replication slots, lo- basically mainly logical replication slots, if you created it but uh, no logical replica is using it, it leads to accumulation of walls on the primary mm-hmm. and eventually you are out of disk space. But now you can specify a threshold after which... Postgres will say, enough waiting, I give up this logical slot in favor of not being down because of disk space. It can be improved at Postgres, I think. People complain about behavior when Postgres reaches out of disk space, you need to perform some dance to fix it, and it can be improved. I remember recent discussions, I don't remember details, but I was personally in this position many times. Usually, I escape rather quickly, but it's very annoying to people when you're out of disk space and you need to escape. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to say this is less common now with bigger disks and cloud providers that some of them let you kind of scale this, don't they?
0: Yeah, most of them support zero downtime scaling. I mean, mm-hmm. if you see... It's scaling you up, try. anyway. Scaling up, yeah, not down. Yeah, yeah, good mm-hmm. point. And uh, if you have 90%, I remember some issues on Azure, but I don't like Azure anyways. Uh, it's my natural choice. Like they didn't support online change until recently. And also recently also with some limitations, but GCP and Azure and others support online change. So you could, can just say I want like a terabyte more. And then you, depending on your file system, you need to issue a few commands in, in terminal and then Postgres already is fine, right? So it's easy.
1: For what it's worth, I'm warming to Azure. I think there's some cool Postgres stuff going on there, but I haven't tried it myself.
0: Well, different level, like I I call it second layer of cloud world, right? Managed Postgres services, of course, they should have it fully automated. If your managed cloud provider doesn't offer scaling up for disk space, it's not good at all. Mm -hmm. This feature all should have already.
1: Final one, direct denial of service, either an external actor or i've seen this internally as well where someone's accidentally hammering their own database have you seen this I'm, i guess it isn't necessarily common, a f- yeah. full outage but yeah par- at least a partial outage normally
0: yeah first slow down and then outage when uh, especially if you have max connections a lot and like uh, it's it's uh, it's very common if some mistake happened in application code code and it started to issue some queries at very at huge rate a lot of queries per second of some kind Mm -hmm. it can put you down definitely of course yeah
1: awesome that's all I had
0: good I think it was a good overview of some maybe some like not comprehensive because this topic is huge actually and especially if you include uh, as I prefer if you include application level stuff into it HA is a huge topic, and uh, m- big departments are working to achieve good HA, so SREs and, and DBAs, DBREs, and so on. But I hope we perform some both overview and uh, dive into a few particular areas. Of course, not all, uh, into all of them. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, awesome. Oh, thanks so much, Nikolai.
0: All I- right. Yeah, I I forgot to mention the importance of likes and subscriptions, please do it because yeah, I know like we received a lot of attention recently with recent episodes and also our anniversary and so on. And every time you like it, please make sure you left some like or comment or something. This is super important for us. This is our fuel. And also it helps to grow our channels. We have multiple channels and this helps to grow and uh, more people. Can benefit from what we discuss here, so please don't uh, underestimate these uh, social media likes and uh, comments and and so on. And share with colleagues uh, as usual. Thank you, uh, everyone, for everything.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it. Take care.